God damn it. Oh, I think you he got you. I, was I, mean, waving, I think he got I you. I was waving my maybe. arms trying to distract him. Maybe you would just forget thinking like we needed to start again. No. Like, like, oh no, there's a fire in the corner of the garage. I think it was a dead tie. I'm never I think it was. It. I don't know. I thought, I thought the one with Buck, you, you were pretty close. Yeah, but that was on a version that we didn't use. Well, yeah. no, I think it was the one that we did use. Tweet uh, us and let us know who you yeah. think won. We should do a weekly poll. <laughs> yes, yes. Welcome <laughs> to Football and Other F-Words. I am tonight's host for this Titans episode with free agency happening all around us. I am Zebo, and I am feeling flat as a flitter. What? Flat? What? What is a it's flitter? A, it's a nautical It's a nautical phrase. You know, I've been at the beach on the boats. <laughs> Y'all wouldn't really know. Oh, but tell me, to my right, Mr. Lebowski, Michael Gillum, how do you feel? How many flags do you put up for asshole? Uh, just one. <laughs> oh, okay, it, it's a it's a red and white. Red and white. Yeah, it's it's almost like the rev- the the bizarro of the uh, Confederate flag. That's mm, nice. It's We're, an angry asshole. We've already gotten a Confederate flag blasted. <laughs> we are thirty two seconds into the podcast. I'm doing well. To to my left, we have Mike Miracles. How are you feeling? I drowned about three hours ago. <laughs> well, what? Then he's dead. <laughs> Then he's dead. So yeah. what's the flag that you put up? you got to pull down the asshole <laughs> yeah. flag. And then, Man overboard, probably drowned. I think that's yeah. a yellow flag. Okay. I th- oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good color for me. So same thing for pass interference is Michael is dead <laughs> in the <laughs> ocean. Okay, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense. It's caution. There is something giant <laughs> in the water. Caution. Caution. <laughs> if you hit that large <laughs> thing, it's going to sink this boat. There's yeah. a whale-shaped human down there. <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense. <laughs> I saw a Reddit name today that was Whale Penis Nachos, and it threw me off again for about 20 minutes. I just, I really went into a deep thought does about that, what does that, that mean involves. that is, is just giant nachos, or does that mean that the nachos taste like whale penis? I, I hope it's the former. <laughs> I, if we got to choose one, I hope it's the former. <laughs> I hope it's nachos served in a giant, giant tube. Yeah. Well, let's move forward. Isn't that okay. what Pringles are? <laughs> Huh? Isn't that what Pringles are? Yeah. Specifically the sour cream ones. Yes. What? Yeah. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> so we have the draft coming up, just to remind you. And I think we're like 30-something followers away from our 1,000th follower getting a free Ooh. t-shirt, by the way. Wow. Uh, we'll draw draw for that. But speaking of shirts and speaking of free agency, the draft is right around the corner, April 25th. Uh, we're going to start, I think right now, start at 2 o'clock. We'll probably get there around like one, it. and we'll start at 2 o'clock, probably go to people are either tired of us talking or we're just tired of talking in general, but feel free to step on by. We're going to have a couple of free mics, so we'll have to invite you on first. Please do not just walk up and grab a mic, yeah, we may a, not want you on. This is a vampire situation. Yeah. You have to be invited in. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna true put blood. A, we're going to put a tattoo under the, your lower lip. It's going to signify whether or not you're allowed on the podcast. Yeah. A glyph. If you haven't seen Blade 2, <laughs> yeah. you need to go figure that out. Uh, so from 2 to 5, that should give everybody plenty of time to go downtown post-draft production or draft recording. Yeah, We're working on also doing a live portion of the show. So if you want to listen live, if you're on your way down, you can listen live and not miss a beat. Yeah, How's that? That's pretty fancy. That is going to be really, really fancy. It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. We're just a bunch of fancy pants. Have we mentioned where we're going to be? Oh, not yeah. yet. Corner Pub, for, uh, Fifth and Church uh, at the bottom of 505. It's a huge glass uh, condominium complex. We're at the bottom, 
and it'll be corner pub, and you'll see us straight in the back. They put us in on the back wall. Um, Eric Murphy of For the Ville 615 will be there. He will either have shirts there or have a uh, Samsung tablet for you to order and buy shirts, and he's actually going to give away free shipping to everybody that comes if he does not have the shirt there or in your size. Hey, so there you go. Very free nice. shipping, and uh, if you buy... I assume still by then, if you buy the Draft Tennessee shirt, uh, $5 will go to uh, Jonathan Hutton's LLS uh, fundraiser at that point in time as well. So, I mean, not only will you get an awesome shirt that commemorates uh, Nashville, Tennessee's uh, hosting the draft, but you also get to donate to a good cause. Yeah, they're cool shirts. Technically, Murphy does, but... Check them out. Check them out on Twitter at ForTheVille615 is their uh, Twitter handle. Uh, you can see the the draft TN shirts um, on there. They're really cool shirts. Um, we'll probably be wearing either one of those or one of our F Word Pod gear. But um, yeah, they're, they're cool shirts. Check them out. It's a good cause. Go buy a shirt. Do it. Do you think we get free shipping, or is he going to charge us extra shipping? I'm going to come to his house and kick his ass if he does, <laughs> <laughs> charges me shipping. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> I mean, you I'm heard right it here. here first. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first. For the Ville 615, you may get that ass kicked. Yeah. Your, your nipples won't bleed, but your fucking face will. <laughs> All right. So, so far, we've covered whale penis, draft, uh, and, abuse of yeah. our only sponsor on the show. So, we're doing really well so far tonight. And really, Off to a flying start. You should really go buy the shirts now so you can wear the draft shirts yes. at the draft. Yes. And we've seen some people on Twitter saying they're going to be wearing it like in their flights in and stuff like that. It'll be a, a cool thing. So Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Free agency, guys. Did something happen? I it, mean, do we really need to discuss it? It feels like a lot happened. <laughs> it, uh, it feels like it's been forever, by the way, and it hasn't. It hasn't it's been, been a week. Long, it hasn't, like, well, it's technically been a week, sort of. Yeah, it's because that kinda. was just an exhausting day. Oh yeah. my god! Did any did anyone expect that? That was no, wild. I yeah. I mean, the, the whole. I mean, we'll get into a lot of it sure, on the yeah. NFL podcast, but the, I mean, this whole it feels like this last year, just transaction wise, between teams trading and picking up players and everything has been the wildest last calendar year. Because this is technically, I think, this is our one-year anniversary of doing the Titans podcast. Yeah. Because I think we started around the free agency period last year was one of our first episodes. We did. Because I think the first episode I can remember was the one where we were doing uh, like free agent classes that we liked and didn't like. Yeah. And I remember liking the Bears free agent class, and I can't remember which uh, which uh, what some of the other ones, but I know I like the Bears was one of mine. But just think of the last year of how teams have changed, just or how players have changed teams constantly. It's just yeah. it's been wild, wild, weird, wild, weird, wild stuff. Is that what Johnny Carson used to say? Weird and wild stuff. <laughs> so that let's was more, that was more Casey Kasem. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it Welcome was. Welcome back. Got a dedication out there for all of you free agents that are moving around the market. This is Bar- Barbie Girl by Aqua. God. The- <laughs> I bet J.R. Sweezy's a big Barbie Girl guy. You so know just, he is. just to recap, we have covered flags that signify assholes on boats, whale penis. We have threatened our sponsor with an ass kicking, and we have now worked at an Aqua Barbie Girl. You've just been effed. You've just been effed. The, uh, so, Kenny Vaccaro, we were all pretty, uh, oh, breaking news, and I don't even have a drop, but 
Incredibly enough, Vontez Burfitt already has a fucking job. <laughs> what? Really? Of all people, Vontez Burfitt. Oh, my God. The Raiders of course have picked up Vontez Burfitt. The- that's, that's a little much to me. I will talk about it on the podcast, but on the, t- on the NFL podcast. Uh, this is a little much. Let's talk yeah. about our little live reaction. Vontez Burfitt, who would probably beat up Mike and Murphy at the same time. Just for funsies. Just for fun. Sure. Are you surprised that he already has a job? Because he just got released, what, technically yesterday? I'm not necessarily surprised that he got signed. What I will be surprised if is he's able to get on the flight and get to Oakland without getting a $500,000 fine. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'll be surprised about. I think he's, he's – I want to say I heard he was the first player in NFL season – or in NFL history to start three straight seasons suspended. <laughs> Did David Irving not do that or Gregory? <laughs> like, I feel like one of those uh, guys would I mean, have done it. Those, maybe they skipped that too. a year or yeah, something. Maybe. He was fine Four and a half million dollars over his career in in Cincinnati, and he's ha- has what? How many concussions has he had? Uh, I mean, four oh. and a half million. Concussions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's an idiot. But that is crazy. I mean, I just can't believe. I mean, he just got. Re- I think he. I think it was Monday. He just got technically officially released by the Bengals. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot more delicious things to say about Mr. Burfick, so let, okay. let's leave it there. Yeah. All right. Kenny Vaccaro, we signed Kenny Vaccaro, who is the man and who will not fucking give me a retweet to save my life. <laughs> He'll give He's, everybody else a retweet, but this good man. He hasn't retweeted, but he has liked and commented, and I quote, ha ha. I got a ha ha out of it. Wow. So, That's even better than a retweet. I mean, the market was flooded and with safeties. Kind of put if we were really going to sign Kenny in, in doubt just because maybe there would be a money holdup, but. It went pretty smoothly. Anybody surprised? Anybody? Any any real reaction that we may not have already covered? No, I'm I'm just I am pleased that they signed him. I, I it just got to the point that I was afraid the Titans were going to do something silly, but no, I'm I'm happy to see it. Yeah, I kind of expected it to get done prior to the opening of free agency. I was surprised it took that long, especially with them announcing basically that Cyprian was going to be let go, even though I guess. They didn't technically release him until after Vaccaro's deal was done, done. Um, so it was clear those two were kind of tied together. That's kind of fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, right? it it's is. like, it hey, um, sweetheart, I'm breaking up with you, but listen, my new girlfriend's going to move in. <laughs> She's going to be and, over but here. But you're like not out till Friday because I need you to pay rent till Monday. But <laughs> and, exactly. and it was pretty close to what we thought, too. I think we said 328 or 428, yeah, I think I, is what we, we thought. I think his average was lower than what I was expecting yeah. it to be because. I mean, he got less than Eric Reed, which I definitely was not expecting. Uh, surprised about how emotional he got over Jonathan Cyprian. Was it was it more him reliving what he went through last year and kind of projecting it onto Jonathan Cyprian, or was it something that they maybe had, did they build a bond? Yeah, I think I, I think it's a little of both. Um, Bocaro seems like a very team loyal person, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, but to me, I think it speaks to the bond that that locker room developed, which is awesome to see, you know. And um, but again, I do have to say, I mean, I I didn't follow Vaccaro as closely until we picked him up. I'm well aware of him in the league, so I don't know if he was that emotional in the past about other players on other teams. But I mean, it was interesting to see. I think it's a mix of both. Yeah, I, I think Cyprian left a pretty profound mark on the locker room, honestly, because. I mean, you heard the stories about him coming in last year, being in the film sessions, being at practice, even though he was on IR, which, you know, 
that doesn't sound like a ton, but it's something that most players don't do when they're on IR. They come in, they get they get rehab, they get training, and they go home. They don't they don't go into the meetings and and go through all that other stuff. So. I think he kind of was a guy that set a tone and went above and beyond uh, as far as work ethic and all the DBs respect him tremendously. And even other players, you know, on the roster at other positions, I think SIP had a ton of respect here. I would still love to see him come back on a cheaper contract. Cause I honestly think they could probably use another safety for depth. Um, and maybe he will, but yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, Vicaro obviously showing, how much that guy meant to him. Um, and it's just cool to see, you know, it, it, it often, it often is a very cynical and business like approach in free agency. And it's kind of cool to see him show some of the emotional side of it. Well, speaking of work ethic and team players, I mean, Adam Humphreys is that guy that everybody's raved about it. John, John Robinson, you know, when he was in Tampa pounded the table apparently and for Adam Humphreys mm-hmm. to make the roster, to be an undrafted free agent there. So you know, Adam got rewarded once again by John John Robinson. He got a four year, thirty six million dollar contract with total guaranteed of nineteen million, twelve guaranteed at signing. I mean, we'll we'll get into the deals and everything you know, at some point, I'm sure, but all these deals are Really great deals for the first year of when you are need and the second year for when you're needing the cap space for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But to, let's talk about Humphreys. Uh, from the slot, he he had most of his snaps from the slot, and he got 666 yards, so 666, number of the devil there. But <laughs> the devil. that was that was yeah. just yards from in the slot, right? Not right. His, yeah, his it was just slot, yards, yeah, it was just slot yards, uh, which is, I think, about 300 more than what any of our play, other players had, or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the signing, we you got your white wide receiver there, Mike. So <laughs> It's a big day for the corner. Um, <laughs> worth the money. <laughs> I, I, I do think he's worth the money. So I, I, a few things on Humphreys. I think he gives them something that they absolutely didn't have last year, and I think it showed because they ended up doing – I mean, it was really a hodgepodge in the slot last year for them. They played – Sharp played the most snaps in there, followed by Davis. Um, So it really was just them kind of rotating guys into it. They didn't have a dedicated guy that was really able to excel in that role, and it's such an important position in today's NFL because you can really – hurt people over the middle of the field with the new rules as far as you know defense defenseless receiver and stuff like that so you've got now Humphreys and Walker kind of patrolling the middle of the field for the Titans and giving Marcus Mariota some easy access throws um, I think it's going to be a huge deal he's a tough guy he makes contested catches great hands uh, is able to separate in short spaces because he's a really precise route runner and has great feet um, I, I like the player a lot and I think if you're going to sign a guy and then the Patriots are going to come in and the Patriots who have evaluated slot receivers better than any team in NFL history come in and offer more money and more guaranteed than what the Titans had offered. And he stuck with the Titans, obviously, which, you know, cool thing, him being a man of his word and not just chasing the money and the opportunity to play with the goat and possibly win a ring next year. But um, I think it's really a testament to the player that he is, that they're the team that's chasing him along with the Titans. Well, basketball, what was your initial reaction when you saw 
Adam Humphreys had signed mm. with the Titans. Well, I loved the signing, and then I was confused by who showed up in the locker room because he was dressed <laughs> like an insurance salesman. But um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I what Mike ended on there, the fact that he stuck to his word and his contract, but also that the Patriots had such a hard-on for him. Oh, that, yeah. That, like you said, the best team in the league at evaluating and, and chasing slot receivers and the fact that they wanted him so bad. To me, only double down on the fact that that's the right guy that we needed. What What's the stat? I'm about to butcher this. Wasn't he third in the league on first downs or something along those lines? Is that correct? I think he led the league in first downs from the slot okay. um, specifically. And he was top five, I believe, in almost every slot category as far as um, you know receiving yards, catches, stuff like that. I mean, he was really massively productive out of the slot. Think, think about that. That is something the Titans need so bad. Yeah. How many drives did we watch die? Just die on the vine because we couldn't pick up those extra yards. And I really liked in his, in his press conference that obviously that's – he emphasized that look. You know, it was brought in to help move the chains. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that that's my strength and that's, you know, what I'm here to do. I, I liked hearing it. I love the signing. I'm really excited because you got the best mm – -hmm. Third down, like you said, one of the best chain-moving wide receivers in the league with one of the best chain-moving quarterbacks from last year. And mm -hmm. at, and it, this is also kind of a signing where you're expecting him to come in and probably be, as far as catches, yards, and everything goes, your wide receiver too, even though he's going to be playing from the slot. But you got some really, and I know this always triggers people, but you have some really good Delaney Walker insurance in Adam yes, Humphreys. Yes, that's, that's the part I like. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, some good insurance. So, if you're able to attack the middle of the field with both what we hope is good Delaney yeah. and Adam Humphreys, that, that's, that's going to be really, really tough for other defenses to stop on third down or even second short or anything like yeah. that. He's good on those bubble screens, too. The, um. And speaking of the contract, let, let's talk about Golden Tate real quick, who got guaranteed at signing twenty two thousand nine hundred or twenty two million twenty two point yeah. nine million, and a four year thirty seven point five million dollar contract with the majority of a guarantee. And here we have Humphreys for four thirty six, but only twelve guaranteed. I mean, yeah. that goes to show you that I don't think Golden Tate was ever really in the plans. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I really don't. I think knowing now. The history between John Robinson and um, Adam Humphreys dating all the way back to the days in Tampa. I, I don't. I don't think Golden Tate was even on the radar. I think this was the number one wide receiver option besides maybe kicking the tires on Antonio Brown. Even though we know they never really made an offer. Yeah. This was the guy. This yeah. was the guy all along. I, I think so, and I think the how quickly they pounced on him as soon as the tampering period opened. I mean, that that deal, they announced Vaccaro, and then Humphreys was pretty short after Vaccaro. Yeah. Um, and I think that's telling. And I think it's telling that he was the first receiver out of everybody to really get – no, it might have been Crowder. Crowder, Crowder, Crowder snuck right in like uh, 10 minutes before him yeah, or so something I, like that. I think it's telling that those two went, and then there was a delay, and then Tate. I think that tells you that Crowder and Humphreys were the guys that – most people were going after in the market and obviously we know the Patriots were, were one of those for Humphreys and you know he's a 25 year old free agent too that's yeah. the that's the thing too yeah a lot of these guys are 26 27 28 hitting the market Golden Tate's 30 you're getting a guy that's just entering his prime years and you've got him for his entire prime because that contract will end when he's 29 so 
Um, it's a really good investment, I think. Well, speaking of not knowing when someone's prime is going to end, Cameron Wake, <laughs> who is 37 years old, was signed to a three-year, $23 million deal. You may think, that's way too much for a 37-year-old, but it's technically a one-year, $8 million deal. So after this year, we're all, that's all we're on the hook for is one year, $8 million. You're good after that. Another masterful job by uh, John Robinson. And getting probably, to me, him and Terrell Suggs, I would get those guys all day long, especially at both of them at the prices they went for. Because I, I still see them making an impact no matter where they're lined up on the field. And I think Cameron may be, a, you hear it all the time, a young 37, because we said that about Delaney. Yeah. But – you're talking about a guy who came from the CFL who is now going to be part of probably more of a rotational. I, I don't really know how much of a rotation he was in in Miami, but I, I I don't think we're done yet per what Jim Wyatt said anyway. I still think we're in play for probably Justin Houston, which, you know, that's hope. But if you had Justin Houston, Cameron Wake, Sharif Finch, and um, – Landry. Landry, maybe with an uh, Camille, Camille, I can never say his first name, Correa. Kamale Correa. Yeah, yeah. Kamale Correa. <laughs> I mean, that's still that's a pretty good edge rush. That's way better than what we had last year. Oh, if you could land Houston, that's a fantastic yeah. edge rushing group. But, yeah, I mean, even without Houston, I think Wake is – he's still got it. I mean, like, I raised my eyebrows, too, at first, and I'm like, we're signing this guy. I mean, I, you know he's old. He's 37. He's been playing in the league for what feels like forever, and he started when he was 27 years old, you know, because you mentioned the two years in the CFL, and then before that he was a mortgage broker um, because in a, like, personal trainer because he basically just got into camp for the Giants, got cut, and then didn't get called by the NFL for two, three years. And this is a guy that, like, I just don't understand how the NFL missed on him because he had a 45-and-a-half-inch vertical jump at like 6'3 and 240-something pounds coming out of Penn State, which is absurd. I mean, that that's still like – it's still the best vertical jump for a non-skill position player or cornerback in the history of the combine. So how this guy didn't stick on a roster somehow is beyond me, but he ended up getting 30 – was it 39 sacks in two seasons in the CFL. Which – I know it's a CFL, but that's still stupid. a remarkable – that's a stupid number. Yeah. 16, 16 sacks his first year, 23 his second year, and then all of a sudden the, the teams came calling from the NFL, and obviously he's been incredible. And the stat that I found on him that was just mind-blowing to me, think of, think of pro football focus what you will. They keep up with – they do chart a lot of things, and even if you don't care for their grades, their charting data is really helpful. And, and one of the things that they chart is what they call their pass rush product, productivity metric, which basically measures uh, hurries, quarterback hits, and sacks. And they weight it towards sacks and you know a little bit less towards quarterback hits, with obviously hurries being the least valuable. But – they take that and then they put it to a per snap basis to see how productive the guy is, you know, per snap. Wake has been in the top 10 among edge rushers in that metric for the last seven years, including this past year when he was second at age 36. So to think that he's like some sort of depleted version of himself is just incorrect at this point. He is... Pass rush win rate, uh, according to PFF, was over 21%, which is insane. That means, you know, on 
over a fifth of his pass rushes, he's getting some sort of pressure on the quarterback. That's absurd. I mean, we just watched Brian Arakpo and Derek Morgan combine for one and a half sacks, playing full time for a full season. Wake is going to blow that out of the water. Uh, I mean, I, I love the player. I love the guy. I think he's got a great story. Um, and, and if he I'm sucks, thrilled. he costs you $8 million. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Uh, now, you heard him say, how did everybody miss on on this guy, on Cameron Wake? Mister? Uh, so, Lebowski, let me ask you this. It was rumored that back in the day that we tried, someone in our front office tried to get him for a million dollars while he was still in the CFL, and someone put the kibosh to that. We could have had Cameron Wake probably this whole time instead of the Dolphins. Yeah, for the last decade. How does that make you feel? I mean, it pisses me off. <laughs> but it also, to me, it lends credence to something that we at this table have heard multiple media members tell us off the record that front offices for the NFL are a hell of a lot more disorganized than you think. And I think that just absolutely lends credence to it. How how did the league miss so far on Wake for the longest time? But also, how did the Titans pass up an opportunity like that. So absolutely. I mean, it does, it does irk me, but I'll go back to what Mike was just saying about the age. And I'll even add this. I'm done discussing NFL players ages because we've seen just in the last five years that age has truly just become a number until these players absolutely hit a wall. I'm really kind of done discussing what the true age limit is for the NFL. Now I don't want to see a 55 year old guy come up there and get his <laughs> spine broken into, but at the same time, like obviously science and diet has changed so much that these players can go quite a bit away so I'm really not concerned about his age I love it and I like it from the veteran standpoint of the coaching he's going to be able to provide in the locker room something that I feel like the Titans teams have dealt with for at least a decade to where young players with really kind of no mentoring and veterans that come and go so I I like the double down factor of if nothing else he'll definitely be able to provide guidance but we know that's not what he's going to be able to provide he's going to be Tearing up the edge. So. Well, and how lucky is Landry that not only does oh he have Vrabel God. as a coach, but he's gone from Brian Arakpo, who we all have said that should be a coach and coach yeah. with the Titans Great at some leader. point, yeah. to go to Cameron Wake. I mean, he's he's getting two mentors back to back. I mean, right there, plus the added you know mentoring of Vrabel. I mean, his game should step up but tremendously. The part I'm concerned about the most with Wake is is he going to be able to get into the Cupcake game? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Rack has got it quartered. Well, so first, let, first off, Cameron needs to come sell my uh, loft downtown, <laughs> and then we'll talk about the cupcake game. I'll, I'll say we'll this, reach uh, out. I'll say this we'll about effort, uh, yeah. Wake's diet. I, I bet he has not had a cupcake in the last twelve years. I wanted to speak on 100%. that because I mean, he's thirty-seven, and you know, sometimes <laughs> I mean these athletes who don't keep up with their body start getting the fat over the muscles. Yeah. Like, look at Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Right. I mean, I'm, they're considerably older, but Kurt Angle, I mean, they yeah. all have the fat over the muscle. There, There's no fat on this guy. No. I mean, there is no little pot belly starting or nothing. No. I mean, this guy is ripped. And if you hear him talk about his diet, I mean, he does not drink a drop of alcohol. Him and Marcus Mariota are going to get along great. Um, he never, he doesn't have, he doesn't believe in cheat days at all. Like, so his diet is his diet. You know, he eats super lean, super healthy. He does all the research on, you know, whatever he, whatever works for him that keeps his body the way it is. That's what he's done. It's no mistake that he's still playing at this age. And he, like his quote was basically that, Hey, 
if me not eating this burger can get me one more sack next year, it's worth it to me. You know, I, I on the other hand, had two beers <laughs> and a cupcake for lunch. <laughs> I yeah. can't wait for that 30-minute segment on Igniting the Fire Season 2 where it's just him and the nutritionist talking for 30 minutes but, in the middle oh, of a Wake fucking will segment. probably be teaching her, you know. <laughs> and the last thing I'll say on Wake, what a fantastic press conference. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. What a fantastic individual to hear speak. I, like, even if he doesn't produce on the field, I'd pay money just to listen to him speak to me and encourage me to do things. He blew me away. Like, his just his presence and, like, you can just tell that he is a person that's got it all together. Like, he knows what he does. He knows what he does well. He knows how to how to do it. And, I mean, he's he's just all about business. And I, I love him. I'm, I've got, like, a major man crush on Cameron <laughs> Wake right now. I got <laughs> a man crush on Roger Saffold. And <laughs> I have to say that I love the fact that before we signed him, Taylor Lewan said, come be my best friend, or whatever he said <laughs> Apparently to Saffold. Apparently, like, Lewan knew something was in the works, yeah. and Saffold was like, hey, hey dude, we, we oh, can't yeah? talk about that just yet. <laughs> yeah. So Lewan kind of spoiled it out there for everybody. Well, I'd say I am loving the idea of Saffold and Lewan. They're, they're probably, they're like the Bash brothers uh, from... Mighty Ducks. I mean, these guys are just going to rip these defenders a new one. If you try to come from that left side, I am I am so excited for some quality, quality, I don't want to say exotic smash mouth, but hit you in the fucking lip type of offensive line play from that left side. And it's going to be exotic. Oh, it's <laughs> I am, oh. am going to be... <laughs> exotic or yeah. erotic? Hey, All of both. the above, sir. Uh, I mean... This was I, – I couldn't believe it because I really thought the Rams – the Rams have only already lost him and Sullivan. Yeah. And I really thought the Rams were going to keep one of them. Kind of surprised. And, I, I thought Sullivan yeah. being released was to make room for Saffold right. was my assumption. And here he is over here, and it's another really good deal where he only – for the cap – his cap hit this year is $6.3 million. Yeah, that's insane. That's, that's ridiculous. Like – it's it's so good, and it's a basically just kind of like Humphreys. Is they're both two year deals essentially because those are your potential outs. But I mean, you get one of the best left guards coming in, and granted, we still don't have a right guard, but we can talk about that later. But you have one of the best left guards in the league. I mean, this is only going to really help Ben Jones too because. Now he doesn't have to worry about that left side anymore. Yeah, and his press conference is really good too. So yeah. I am I am super excited. That was yeah. one I was not expecting, only out of reservation of what the Titans organization has done in the past. Mm -hmm. When it popped up on Twitter, I was like, <gasps> I like had to, <laughs> I had to read it again, and I'm like. <gasps> So, yeah, I was very, very pleased with I, that. I one. was at the bar uh, for the – I think it was the Adam Humphrey – no, it was the Roger Seifold one. I was yeah. at I was at a bar, and we had this big log of, like, different kind oh, of oysters. The, or whatever. Uh, the driftwood yeah. oyster thing. Oh, yeah. oh I had a big log like a already. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> and uh, – I uh I yelled. I yelled through my hands up. I woo girled all over that place. <laughs> and dad's like, What is going on? And I'm like, I'm like, we just signed Roger Saffold and he goes, oh. 
who's that? And I said, it's an offensive lineman. He goes, you're getting this excited over an offensive <laughs> lineman? I said, yes. <laughs> yep. I am so excited. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was working and uh, monitoring Twitter, of course, because Twitter was just going crazy that day. And uh, I, I, my reaction was really just a lot of heavy breathing, uh, frantic, <laughs> frantic searching for clips of Saffold to kind of like I, I had studied Saffold a little bit, just look, getting ready for free agency and stuff like that. And I, it was one of those signings that I thought there was just it was too good to be true. I was like, there's no way right. they're going to land this guy because he's easily the best guard on the market. Um, you know, I know they probably are going to sign a guard, but I, I can't imagine it's going to be him. And when I saw them just announce it and the fact that the deal wasn't bad at all, I was just like, holy shit. Like, and I, I do love, I love that the Titan fan base completely nerded out over a guard for like the whole day. And it makes me so proud of the fan base because like, like, like you said, Zach, you know, most people are going to be like, who the fuck is Roger Saffold? But Titans fans get it. Like offensive line is important. Say, say that, say that one ball. more time for a particular listener that, you know, is named Buck Rising. Uh, oh, Buck? We nerded out over a guard, and I don't really care what you think. Don't we come here, love don't it. come here and pee on my Cheerios. Yeah. We love it. How could you not? Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. If you like fun, in-your-face football, how can you not love Saffold, who just finishes plays with a vengeance, and then you're putting him right next to Taylor Lewan? I mean, can you imagine Jalen Ramsey or someone trying to blitz, and he, you just see him get launched like thirty feet in the fucking air, probably lands in the stands or something. It's it's a, it's going to be amazing because like Saffold and Lawan are two of the most athletic players at their positions, respectively, and you're sticking them next to each other in a scheme that maximizes athletic players. And Derrick Henry loves to run left already. He runs left and throws that right-handed stiff arm and it just ejects people to the moon. Yeah. Like <laughs> that, that is going to happen a lot next year and I'm going to love it every time it does. Well, speaking of going to the moon, we have to go to our ad break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, and we are back. From the moon. From the moon. From the moon. That was a great trip. You like that? Yeah. It was. It was a good trip. We went around to the dark side. We lost radio contact. <laughs> way, I watched Apollo we, 13 last yeah, week. So. We played around on the rover. It was great. Yeah. Way, way quicker than that Elon Musk guy. We got to the moon and back. I mean, how badass of a country to go to the moon several times and just leave this fucking off-road minivan <laughs> thing up there? <laughs> just like, leave we'll, a dune buggy we'll up there. We'll be back. Here's a flag. <laughs> where's that? Where's that rover we left up here last? I was gonna ride that around. Oh, did you bring golf clubs? Yeah, we'll do that for a second. Well, that's basically just 440 now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I um, I, I'll get into this more when we have when we have a point. But I really, just was not expecting that kind of free agency for the Titans, and very very pleased to see it. Yeah, very pleased. I to mean, see it. and let's not forget this Ryan Tannehill thing. I mean that that one, that one I had to look at my phone twice. 
because I just thought I am just completely wasted. <laughs> there, is, there is no way we just signed for Ryan what, what, what flag was up on the boat yeah. at that point? Oh. <laughs> I only there was two flags was at that point, maybe three. <laughs> it was a T-shirt, yeah. maybe pants. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And then the more that the the the, the news came out about Ryan Tannehill. I was a little, okay, well, you know, it's given up a fourth, but it's really 2020, but we get a sixth this year and, and that. And then I see that it, we restructured it for $7 million and then it's $12 million in incentives. I'm thinking, okay, that's even better news. And then I see, well, they're really paying uh, about $5 million of it, <laughs> the Dolphins are, and I'm like, what? The they're- Dolphins paid five yeah. out of his seven guarantee. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, so we got him for $2 million, and so you know a Blaine Gabbert cut's coming, so that saves you... 1.5 against the cap cutting him. So essentially, I mean, I understand there's a lot of other extra math, but essentially it costs you $500,000 in a fourth round pick to get the best backup in the league. I mean, for a guy that's probably going to see some time, I mean, on the field, this is this is pretty good. Yeah. I I think it's the best Marcus Mariota insurance you could buy. Yeah. And a 2024th round pick and I I made this point on Twitter Sure, you 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 hate to give up a pick for that, but you would not have been able to get him at that deal, especially not with another team paying for what you know seventy right. percent of it. If he hit the free agent market, you're paying the full amount, and you're paying more than that. Not yeah, to mention, you're, you're probably paying ten plus a, yeah. a year for him. And, not to mention the chances of some sort of move or deal being made before next year's draft to recover that or a better pick. Yeah. I, I'm perfectly fine with well, that. And then, of course, if he would have hit the market, I don't think there would have been a really a lot of quarterback-needy teams, but you can bet your ass that if, if the Rams right. want Blake Bortles, they're probably going to go after Ryan Tannehill. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't have lasted <laughs> yeah. long at all on, on the market. No, and, and plus, you can recoup that pick if he walks. Right. Like, if the Titans, and the way it's kind of tracking right now, it doesn't look like the Titans – if everything goes well in 2019 are going to be big players in the 2020 free agent market. It's just the contracts they have coming up, the space that they've got, you know, Mariota, Bayard, Logan, Ryan, Derek Henry, all those guys need new deals. Jack Conklin's going to be on his fifth year option, which will be expensive if they, you know, exercise it. Um, it, It's going to be a lot tighter. And you're looking at a point where maybe the Titans could, getting to the point where you're getting some comp picks and Ryan Tannehill would be a good opportunity to get a comp pick because he's probably going to get paid by some QB desperate team. Who knows who that might be, you know, a year from now, but someone's probably going to pay this guy as long as he doesn't come here and get hurt again or, or just shit the bed when he gets out there. He's probably going to get paid pretty well. You might get that fourth round pick back in 2021 and then you get on that comp pick cycle where you're, shedding more talent that you're bringing in and free agency and you're getting extra draft picks and just really kind of building that way, um, which that's the way most of the really good sustainable rosters are built. So I would, I would love to see the Titans pivot to that next. Right. Offseason. If you ever, if you ever kind of pay attention, which as an average NFL fan, I'm sure you are notice how many comp, compensary yeah. comp, 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 story. Comp, yeah, comp, comp, story. Right? Yeah. I'm okay. going to move on from that. Picks. Just look, at how many comp picks. Picks. look at how many picks the Patriots end up with. 12. Yeah. Every yeah. single, they have 12 picks this year. Yeah, every yeah. single year they're coming in like some kind of fucking BOGO coupons coming in the mail. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's. I like the move because it really protects you from not only this year as far as in-season 
but it also protects you. It, it's a lot of insurance for multiple scenarios that could happen at the end of the 2020 season or 2019 season. Yeah. So you're very insulated for the 2020 season, and to me, that's very. It's a it's a very it's a futuristic move with not just it's not very short sighted. And I'm not going to – we won't get into specifics. There is no quarterback competition like many people have said. But the uh, – a big thing is that this is more of an iron sharpens iron kind of deal. Look at what the Jaguars did to Blake Bortles. They let him ride for years without a competent backup to really push him. And and what – when people say push him – it doesn't mean that Marcus is lazy or his work ethic is bad. It's it's really is iron sharpens iron. I mean, he's only going to be better because there's someone behind him pushing him to be better. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't. I don't think that Marcus has a complacency issue, but it doesn't hurt to always have someone behind you making you better. I it's mean, like, you you want the best. You want the best staff. If you're a boss, you want to simulate the best staff and. Just because I have one really good salesman doesn't mean I need to don't need another salesman that is kind of making him, you know, be a little bit sure. more energy, a little bit yeah. more on his game, a little bit sharper. Maybe you know, it doesn't mean anything bad about the current salesman. I just want what's best for my business. Yeah, it's like if if you go to the gym with somebody and like you know you go to the gym by yourself and you know you're gonna lift some weights, whatever, get out of there. But you might go a little bit harder if you're with somebody and you kind of like are pushing each other a little bit. I'm usually faking an injury to get out of there. <laughs> but what were we talking about? So, no, I I like it. It's the best backup situation you could have for Mariota, specifically going into a year where quarterback production is going to be a concern. And, unfortunately, we know there's probably a 95% chance that Tannehill's going to play one to three games. Yeah. So, you know – I would. I'd rather see it. I'd, I would rather have that kind of talent as a backup, you know, just in case. So no, I'm fine with it. Okay, let's play a little bit over under, just real quick. Over under for uh, Kenny Vaccaro. Let's say interception set at four. Under. Under. Even. Even. Okay, Adam Humphreys. Uh, let's say six point five receiving touchdowns. Mm, under. Under. Yeah, I'll take under on that. All right. What about 800 receiving yards? Over. Over. God, I hope so. Uh, Cameron Wake, 6.5 sacks. Over. Yeah, over. I don't know if you could put that number high enough for me. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> 6.5 sacks in the first two games. Ro- Roger Saffold, 1.5 sacks allowed. Uh, under. I think he's only allowed one the last two years. It's something like that. Even. Something will happen. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, will he see more or over or under 3.5 games? Oh, fuck. Under, please, for the love of God. Lebowski? Oh, I'm going to say over. All right. So that was a little fun game, but let's get into we got five game segments. Oh, five. my God. Five game segments. Games, games, games. The first one is would you have? So, would you have is uh, we have uh, six different trades that I thought were pretty, you know, close to something that the Titans would need. Uh, so, we're going to say, would you have done the trade? Uh, 
would you have slightly outbid the team that actually won him? Okay? Y'all ready for some game show music? Yes. All right. First up is Antonio Brown. Would you have traded more than a third and a fifth for Antonio Brown? Big Mike. Uh, yes. No. No. Big Mike, what would you have given up for uh, more than a third and a fourth? Uh, wait, third and a fifth, right? A third and a fifth. I'll give him a third and a fourth. All right. Let's go to Odell Beckham Jr. He was acquired for Jabril Peppers, a 2019 first-round pick, and a 2019 third-round pick. Would you have beat that deal? No. Lebowski is a no. Lebowski is a no, and I am a no as well. Next up is D. Ford. He was traded for a 2020 fourth-round pick. <laughs> Would you have beat that deal, Lebowski? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would say no as well because of the contract he had to sign. I'm just concerned how good at this he is. (laughs) All right. Next up is Deshaun Jackson. Wait a minute. I would have beat that deal for a 2019 fifth-round pick because I could do that. (laughs) All right. Deshaun Jackson. He was traded. The Philadelphia Eagles got Deshaun Jackson and a 2020 seventh-round pick for a 2019 sixth-round pick. Would you have beat a 2019 six-round pick for that deal, Lebowski? Yes. Big Mike. No. I don't think I would have either. (laughs) Next up. That's why why I have so much trepidation, because I don't know what I would offer. See, this is why I can't be a GM. I would fuck this all up. Give him a car and a fourth-round pick. The Oakland Raiders received a 2019 fifth-round pick for Caliccio Simile. Would you have beat that deal? Yes, because I love Assembly. One dollar bump. I would have beat that deal as well. I would have thrown in a uh, Kia Forte. Last one, Michael Bennett went Houston to the man. Patriots. Houston. He was given to the Patriots, and a seventh-round pick was also given to the Patriots for a 2020 fifth-round pick to the Eagles. Would you have beat the Patriots deal? Big Mike! That, that's a no. That's a no for me. No, only because he needs to get a pair of shoulder pads that fucking fits. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Fuck Michael Bennett. There we go. Well, that was. Wow. Did you like that? that, was, that was, did you like uh, that? Amazing. I am startled at how good you were. That <laughs> yeah. was like a. I didn't even practice, and it was almost the exact uh, the exact length of the uh, the whole segment. The song that was, was like the credits for the Super Agro Crag. <laughs> what show was that with the Super Agro Crag? Oh, Guts. Yes. Guts. Yes. Damn, that was d- too quick. You were on that. All right. So the next one is. <laughs> now he can't you? get out of it. He's, he's stuck in it. I gotta keep on going. <laughs> would you is the name of the next one. There are three P players, or actually two players and a multiple other players you could choose from. Uh, would you trade for them now? So, let's start the show. (laughs) All right, Lebowski, you're up first. Would you trade for A.J. Green right now? No. No, why not? Because he's garbage. A.J. Green is garbage? Fantasy football-wise, he is. Uh, He's (laughs) burnt. It's like a scorned lover. It absolutely is. All right, Mike, you're up. Would you trade for A.J. Green? Depends on the cost. This music is way louder than the other one, so hold on. What is the cost that you'd give up for AJ Green? <laughs> Maybe uh, I'll, I'll throw him a third-round pick. 
I would give up at at most a second round pick in 2019. Maybe throw in a 2020 pick for this once-in-a-lifetime generational (laughs) athlete to pair on the opposite side of Corey Davis. Big Mike. Would you trade for Robert Quinn as long as the Dolphins paid for some of his salary? Uh, That's a no for me. That's a no. What about you? How much are they paying? I don't know. No. 75%. Uh, No. I think I would trade a six-round pick for the uh, rights to Robert Quinn as long as they were paying. That would be their six-round pick back to them from the Robert Tannehill or Ryan Tannehill trade. Big Mike, is there any current franchise-tagged player that has yet to sign a long-term deal that you would trade for? Um, possibly Frank Clark. I, I might give Frank Clark the uh, the D Ford deal that the oh, Niners yeah? gave up. Lebowski. I am not knowledgeable enough to answer this question. We are moving on. I would maybe do it with Jadavian Clowney or Frank Clark. Okay. All right. That is the end of Would You. Well, that was great. Look at um, that. Yeah, you talked that out yeah. right. Was that brought to us by Real Big Fish? I mean, was that a was that a ska band? What, what just happened there? This, this next one is uh, called Would You Rather, and it's the Dion Lewis edition. Oh. So this one is probably really going to piss off Big Mike because he loves Dion Lewis. Are oh you ready to God. play the game? Well, now I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather Dion Lewis edition? Dion is due $4.86 million. Assuming these running backs are less and you get a credit for cutting him, who would you rather have? Isaiah Corral or Dion Lewis? Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis. What about Dion Lewis or Bilal Powell? Dion Lewis. Bilal Powell. Dion Lewis or Corey Grant? Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis or Spencer Ware? Dion Lewis. Spencer Ware. I would also go Spencer Ware. Uh, I'd probably go Corey Grant as well. A couple known uh, Spencer Ware lovers over here. Uh, He's pretty good. Would you rather have Dion Lewis or TJ Yeldon? Uh, Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis. TJ Yeldon was the correct answer. I'm sorry. (laughs) Would you rather have Dion Lewis or Doug Martin? Oh, Dion Lewis. God, why would you even say that? The muscle hamster. I would rather have Dion Lewis. (laughs) Dion Lewis or Fat Rob Kelly? Uh, Dion Lewis. Come on. How fat is Rose Beef? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He's probably pretty big. Still Dion Lewis. Fat Rob was the correct answer once again. No, it's not. (laughs) not the correct answer. Oh, he's totally. It's a bad game show. What do you got? Broken down Dion Lewis? Okay, Dion Lewis or old Marshawn Lynch. Oh, Dion. Come on. Remember, we have an t- awesome left line, and we I cover know. the Titans. I know, but I'd like to throw the ball to a running back every now and then. <laughs> Dion Lewis. Marshawn Lentz, give me them Skittles. Oh, my God. How and, old is he, 60? And that is the end of Would You Rather Dion Lewis edition. <laughs> you guys both walked away with nothing. I walked away with Dion Lewis, apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we kept Dion Lewis. That's a, a, a win. Sir, I don't think so. Uh, the <laughs> the next one is going to be a really fun one because it's rank them wide receivers edition. I'm going to give you some free agent uh, wide receivers. There's one on here that recently got signed while I drove up here. That was Randall Cobb. So we will still include him, oh, but are. you have to rank them. The free agent wide receiver I give you: Taewon Taylor and Tajay Sharp, mm. and how you would how you would 
Who this would is you 20, would want? 2019 only? 2019 or? only. Okay. Is for the coming season. Would you rather have? How would you rank them? What is this? Murder, fuck, Mary? Yes. Okay. Fuck, murder, Mary. Okay, here we go. Rank of wide receivers edition. Jordy Nelson, Taewon Taylor, and Tajay Sharp. Big Mike. Nelson, Taylor, Sharp. Same. All right, I would also agree with that. Next up is Chris Hogan, Taewon Taylor, Tajay Sharp. Hogan, Taylor, Sharp. I'll go Hogan, Taylor, and Sharp. I would actually go Taewon Taylor, Hogan, then Sharp. So the next one is Randall Cobb, Taewon Taylor, Tajay Sharp. Taylor, Cobb, Sharp. Sharp, Cobb, Taylor, just to be an asshole. Oh. <laughs> just, just to see the look on your face when I say, get out of here. It is. The correct answer is Cobb, Sharp, then Taylor. The correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Pierre Garçon. He's not really French. Am well, I answering this first? Make yeah. him answer okay. this first. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Taylor, uh, Garçon, Sharp. I am also going to repeat that answer because I don't know where Garcon has been the last couple of years. Is he stole the Giants? I have no idea. Exiled. I'm going to go Taylor Sharp and exiled. Garcon. Taylor he was Sharp put on Garcon. the same island that Napoleon the French was. The French embassy. <laughs> yes. Next up is Jermaine Curse, which nobody ever talks about. Jermaine yeah. Curse. Uh, I might go Curse Taylor Sharp there. Taylor Curse Sharp. Just, I don't know what. I'm going to go Curse Sharp either. Taylor. Next up is. What? <laughs> Brandon LaFell. <laughs> Brandon LaFell. Oh, uh, Taylor. Uh, LaFell Sharp. <laughs> Taylor Sharp LaFell. Taylor Sharp LaFell is the correct answer. Thank you. What do I get? Next up oh, is, is Pro over. Bowler Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Taylor Sharp, a pile of dog shit. <laughs> all the all, uh, like, trash in the street, Kelvin Benjamin. I'll take Taylor Sharp, Yancey Thickpin. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Benjamin over everyone. Last uh, one: oh. Trey McBride, Taylor Sharp, or, or Taylor Taywan Taylor, Tajay Sharp. Taylor Sharp, Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> Trey McBride. I don't know. <laughs> the correct answer was just Taywan Taylor because Tajay Sharp and Trey McBride are the same person. <laughs> Tajay McBride. Tajay McBride. Don't, don't rule, ruin it yet. Okay, last one. It's yay, meh, nay. These are the remaining free agents. You either say yay, meh, nay. That's yes, maybe no. You're looking at me really weird. So How long it. did you pick out music for this shit all day? I just Googled game show music. That was it. It was literally like a 4.30 today. Okay. Last one. Justin Houston, yay. 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 Uh, yay. Yay. and Sue, yay. Meh. Nay. Yay. 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 John Sullivan, yay. Meh. Nay. Nay. Uh, meh. I don't know much about him. Yeah. I'd go meh. Old. Possibly Ziggy, dying. Ziggy Ansa. Possibly dying. Yay. Meh. Nay. Yay. Meh. Yay. I'd go yay. Vinny Curry. Yay? Meh. Nay. Meh. I don't know anything about Curry. I'd go nah. <laughs> Dion Jordan. Yay? 
Nee. Nee. Meh. Nee. Meh. Timmy Jernigan. Yay. Meh. Nay. Yay. Sure. Yay. You're going to have to answer with username. Oh, you have to make a clear symbol on the, on the table, sir. Yay. Jared Cook. Yay. Meh. Nay. I'm a, uh, I, I don't know where to go on this one. Meh. Meh. Yeah. All right. Was that a meh or a yeah? Yeah, it was kind of both. <laughs> Danny Shelton, defensive tackle. Yay. Meh. Nay. Yay. 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 Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yay. Meh. Nay. Meh. Meh. Yeah, that's a very meh. Defensive tackle Dominique Easley. Yay. Meh. Nay. Meh. Yay. Meh. Muhammad Wilkerson. Yay. Meh. Nah. I didn't know he was still out there. Uh, meh. Uh, same. Meh. I thought maybe he was working out. I'd go yay. Wells Fargo at this point. TJ Lang. Yeah. Meh. Nah. Uh, meh. 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 Shane Ray. Yay. Meh. Nah. Yay. Uh, meh. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I did have Vontaze Burfitt on here, but, you know. Nay. Can I go nay Nay. on that one, please? No, fine. You'd have to be complete idiots to sign him. Brent Urban, defensive tackle. Yay. Yay. Meh. Nay. Yay. Yay. Meh. Yay. Zane Beatles and Ben Garland. They are both guards for the Atlanta Falcons. Yay. Meh. Nay. 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 Falcons. Last but not least, our favorite backup quarterback, Sean Mannion. <laughs> yay, may, nay. No. <laughs> An emphatic yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's my answer. And that's been another edition of, or original edition of. <laughs> the, the original. <laughs> yeah, the original edition of. Yeah, meh, nay. See you next time. So that was pretty I'd, fun, right? Yeah. I guess. I'd, I'd be legitimately excited about the first two, I think. Which one was y'all's favorite uh, segment? Favorite game? Yeah. Um, I liked the the one where I got to trash Tasha Sharp a lot. Yeah. That was fun. That yeah. was fun that was, for me that personally. That was fun watching yeah. him <laughs> trash wide receivers. Well, because I, I, I know he was into it, and I'm here for Michael's fun. <laughs> well, I, I have to stand up for this next one. Uh-oh. Because I have a declaration to <laughs> oh, make. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. He's. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna undo the mic here. He's going free from Let's the stand. That. Oh my yeah. god! I'm staying. I'm standing because mm. this. This needs to be stand, and I want y'all to bear witness to this moment. He's going full Beyonce. This is a special segment that y'all have no clue what I'm about to open. None. Did you go to the zoo for it? No, I did not. <laughs> I will. I am not being blindsided, which you'll understand that when I finish editing the secret episode. <laughs> <laughs> As a proud citizen of the United States of America and a true blue two-tone Titans fan, it is time I use this platform to bring to light some issues facing this team and fan base. So it is time to make a stand against mediocrity. We have been mediocre as a fan base and such have let the team itself be okay with being mediocre. With this being said, I, Zach Lyons, on behalf of the Football and Other Efforts podcast, make the following declarations. We shall be free from talking up Taewon Taylor as anything more than a wide receiver four 
and until proven otherwise, his new name is Taewon Calico. We shall be free from ever mentioning the name Tajay Sharp. From henceforth, he will only be known as Tajay McBride. <laughs> we will not be satisfied with just signing Chris Hogan or Jordy Nelson or any free agent wide receiver. We demand a wide receiver be drafted. We will not be fooled into thinking this wide receiver class, as is, is good enough to win when it matters. We will not fool ourselves into falling in love with a random, undrafted free agent wide receiver during training camp, especially if this team doesn't draft a wide receiver. So it is written, so shall it be done, and let this serve as a warning to all those who dare enter our mentions. God bless the Titans. God bless the United States of fucking America. Did we just secede I, from the Union? I feel personally attacked by that declaration. I feel like Zach was actually declaring war on me. I feel like I feel like we just committed a treason <laughs> of some sort <laughs> under the guise of patriotic music and hot dogs. Mmm, hot dogs. It just needed to be said. Even I'm well, just sick. Uh, I'm sick of the fans. <clears throat> and it, it, not only did our conversations spark this all week. But when I was researching th- this for this article that I want to propose to uh, Music City Miracles, where I just find all the times that the fans have been wrong about a player in Titans history. <laughs> so I started researching Trey McBride. The, the, the amount of fans that this guy collected for doing nothing <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And I'm just so sick of being a mediocre wide receiver class. Or wide receiver team. I want to throw the ball. I know we haven't thrown the ball. Does that mean that we shouldn't at least attempt to improve the weakest part of our offense and try to pass the ball just because we've never done it before? It doesn't make sense to me. It makes zero sense. I mean, of course. Of course you would love to have a better passing offense, but... What's more important, winning football games or having a better passing offense? I think I think both coincide it, it does, with each other. Yeah, they don't have to be mutually exclusive by any means, but I think go there is a point where you're just throwing ridiculous, you know, a- assets at a problem that maybe isn't that big of a problem anymore. It's a huge problem. I mean, look at our offense. It was the twenty. It's 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 hasn't been a top ten offense since since when? Okay, yeah, but so. Here's, and it here's, matters. This matters. So receivers do matter, okay? They, they do matter, but I don't know that they matter more than offensive line. I don't know that they matter more than, obviously, quarterback and a, a healthy quarterback. We've just spent you know the entire last season partially excusing Marcus Mariota's struggles based on the injury, which is valid. But, I mean, who's to say whether – Getting a first-round receiver, which I'm totally against drafting a receiver in the first round, but getting a first-round receiver, whoever it is, I mean, is that going to change everything for the entire offense and lift it? No, but know, into the top. I don't 10? think a first first-round pick, but I also don't think that if if like it said, you can't if, if signing Chris Hogan or signing Jordy Nelson does not fix the issue. It makes you it, better it, than you are it, right it, now, it, but it's doesn't fix the issue it does not I'm not saying that it that you don't sign him because I think you do sign him because that gets rid of Tajay McBride but I I don't think that's it 
You shouldn't. No, you I, shouldn't stop after you sign one I, of those guys. I think you sign one of those guys and then draft a guy. But I don't. Yeah. I don't know that you draft a guy super high. Like I, I have other things in the draft that I think have to be addressed. Like offensive line. You know, you've got to get a center or a right guard at some point. Yeah, really early too because he's probably gonna have to play day one. And I still think you know. Obviously, you still need to add an edge rusher because it's just I a very deep Cam wide Lake. receiver class. And it I is. Think, I think it's. And I think, I think that, it's time that you can get one that is could that can push for that. I think you need to get an outside receiver opposite Corey Davis that yeah. can push Taywan Taylor or beat Taywan Taylor. I think it's not a guarantee. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not under the illusion that it's a guarantee. We just got to do it. I just I, think you got to do it. I think the ideal scenario is you go, you grab like a, a Jordy Nelson. I was actually excited to see they were interested in Jordy Nelson because I know he's old and he's definitely not Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson anymore, but he still had almost 800 yards for the Raiders last year and, you know, was a pretty efficient player. He's a very reliable player, and that's something that the Titans have complained about for years with their receivers, uh, with Marcus Mariota, because, frankly, they're just playing super young guys and constantly dealing with the the learning curve, because there is a learning curve at wide receiver in the NFL, and that's also why I think people assuming that, hey, we're going to go draft this guy, plug him in day one, and he's going to fix all the problems – I think that's a little naive because Taewon Taylor was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be a second round pick. The Titans traded up to get him in the third and people were really excited about him coming out. He would, had massive production. People were numbers. also very excited for Trey McBride. So let's ease well, up on what I, people get excited about. I'm talk, I, I'm I could not believe how many people were excited about Trey McBride getting drafted I, in the seventh round. I'm talking about draft analysts though. Yeah. Like draft analysts really like Taewon Taylor and I think there's still some talent to be developed there but sometimes these guys take a while to click I mean it it's not always a right away thing with wide receivers in the NFL so I think if you if you're saying hey we're gonna grab you know whoever it is Kelvin Harmon you know Akeem Butler what whoever it is and plug him in and all of our problems are fixed we're gonna have this awesome offense in 2019 I think you're in for a little bit of a disappointment in reality, if that happens, I, I would be okay with. I've came, come around on the Jordy Nelson train. I'm okay with it. Yeah, because that's a guy who is actually really, really good at being a wide receiver, and he's proved it every year that he's been healthy enough to play. I mean, even last year, like you said, in an anemic offense where it's him and Jared Cook, mm-hmm. he still was very efficient and was. Better than anybody else on our team and besides Corey Davis. Finished the season with his best games. Yeah. I mean, his his last five games, he played at a really high level. Like, he, he was on pace. If he played those last five games, like that pace for a 16-game season, he's like a 1,200-yard receiver, which is I, I crazy. Think, and and you, if you want your young wide receivers to learn from someone, you want them to learn from Jordy Nelson. Yeah. This learning from Chris Hogan because he came from the Patriots' way – we we have Vrabel. Uh, He's from the Patriots way. Uh, we have Deion Lewis. The, we the, have Malcolm <laughs> Butler. We have Logan Ryan. How much more Patriots way do you need? And you're learning the wide receiver. You're learning from a wide receiver who is basically just you, but older. I mean, he's not a very good wide receiver, and I don't think, what are they really going to learn from him? So the Hogan thing isn't as much about being a mentor as it is about just adding another piece. Yeah. Because I I think... Well, I've seen people say both. Well, you can get him as a leader uh, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, go jerk yourself off. I mean, we don't really need that. We don't need them learning... 
from Chris Hogan. We need him learning from someone like Jordy yeah. Nelson. We need Chris Hogan to push them yeah. because he is talented enough to push the current cream of, I mean, the crop, the crap pile that is our wide yeah. receiver class outside of Corey. I, I think Hogan, I, yeah, I don't approach him from a leadership angle. The The angle with Hogan to me is two things. So I think there's there's some familiarity with him and Rob Moore because Rob Moore was his coach in Buffalo when he kind of first took off. That was his first real season where he put up any sort of receiving numbers was his second year uh, under Rob Moore in Buffalo. And then uh, I think Moore left and Hogan left uh, to head to New England. But so there's a little bit of a connection there. Um, So I think there could be some interest legitimately. And then the thing for me with Hogan is he's capable of making, of being effective without getting a lot of targets. Because I think what, what people are failing to see sometimes with this wide receiver discussion is we're not talking about a guy that's going to get 10 targets a game and, and be a hundred yard receiver every game. We're talking about a guy that's going to get like three or four targets a game because most of your targets are going to go to Corey Davis as they should Adam Humphreys as they should Delaney Walker. You know, if he's healthy, if he's not the Delaney Walker, you're going to see a lot of John Smith in there. You're going to have a lot of mouths to feed in the offense. And this guy doesn't need to be a, uh, a, a funnel for targets. He needs to be a guy that can make big plays on a limited target basis. And I think Hogan can do that. He's, he's still got a good, he's still got good deep speed. He still can make plays down the field, stretch the defense a little bit. He's not going to be a a huge numbers guy, but he still can serve a function in a rotation. I mean, you don't have to play him every snap either. We may not agree on how high you're supposed to draft a wide receiver, but we do agree. If you sign one of these guys, it should not be over for what you do this season with at the wide receiver position. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I completely agree with that. You've got to draft one. Thoughts, Lebowski? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I, um, just I'll say this, and then we can move on. It's I I see what Mike's saying, and I think Mike is saying more from a logical standpoint where. I feel Zach is arguing more of the point of kind of trying to appease what the fans want. And I think that's a bad trap to fall into because I'm like you. I want a big weapon, wide receiver, somebody to throw to. I want a star who's doing ridiculous ass backflips into the end zone. Shit we've never seen as a Titans. But I also have to kind of rein myself in a little bit and think, do we really need that? Like, I want it badly. I want a, like, high-powered passing offense on the field. Lord knows we had to suffer through the Jeff Fisher eras of just, (laughs) oh, we're going to kick a field goal and win every game that way. But I don't know that we necessarily need that right now. I I, I think our needs on the interior of the team are a little more than having to have a big weapon. Do I want it? Yes. But do I think we need it? No. And I think if you're going to have that guy, that superstar receiver, it's got to be Corey Davis. Davis played well last year. I think people look at him a lot differently if if the Titans passed like even a league average amount. And consider the fact that, I mean, these garbage receivers that we're complaining about are the only guys that were on the field with him. Teams had no repercussions from doubling him or shading him or trying to take him away, and that's what they did. Every team's defensive game plan when they came to the Titans' passing attack was first, first bullet item: stop Corey Davis. And they approached that differently, different teams. But 
if you've got Humphreys, if you've got Walker, you know, obviously you'd love to have another piece out there to rotate with Taylor. But if you've got Humphreys and Walker and Walker is anything close to what he's been in the past, all of a sudden it's a lot more difficult to defend the Titans because you've got Corey Davis, but you can't really commit all your attention to him because otherwise Humphreys and Walker are going to eat you up over the middle. So I think if Davis, I think Davis is almost there. And I think he could be that superstar guy that, that everyone wants to see. It's just a matter of them getting him enough reps, getting him a little bit of help and him taking that next step in his development. I mean, he's, he's heading into year three, um and hopefully henry also turns it on as well yeah and uh, yeah if if henry is the guy that he was at the end of last season and all of a sudden and now you've got saffold over here and the titans are just destroying you on these outside zones left and then they can come back and hit you with a little half boot deep shot to davis i mean a lot of the things have to work in concert with each other and i think an offense improving is going to improve davis's numbers that much more um, I, I think he would be, I think he played well last year. I, I think he just needs to be amplified by the guys around him. Well, that is it for this episode. We are out of time. All right. So I'm going to hit this, uh, out, outro music here. Here's my question for you guys. Last words for Josh Klein. Would y'all like to say goodbye to Josh Klein? Bye, fat ass. Um, bye. Have you seen uh, the the guy, like some guy from Minnesota posted a picture of Klein and Tom Segura, and they look almost (laughs) identical. Like almost (laughs) identical. It's hilarious. Uh, I'll not miss Josh Klein. Yeah, we we barely even hit on him, but just deleting him off of the team is uh, a big deal. 